Hey there, I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. All right, welcome back to another episode of TrustCast. And I am super excited today because I have Jody Krangle with me. And she is a voiceover actress, but then she also does this podcast called the Audio Branding Podcast. And I'm just excited to learn all about audio and how audio affects us as people and how we can build trust with audio. So thank you so much for being here, Jody. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> So first off, I just love your voice. I have to say, <laughs> as a as a voice well, actor, you. I'm sure that you spent a lot of time uh, practicing. But I was listening to your video before we got on. It's a little reel of all the different voiceovers you've done. And when you jumped on, I was like, whoa, she sounds just like that. It sounds like a really professional <laughs> voice. So <laughs> I love it. That's the point, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd love to learn just a little bit more about that industry um, of voiceovers and and creating voiceovers and kind of the psychology behind hiring a professional voice actor. Uh, what insight can you give us into that industry? Well, it's a pretty close-knit and large industry, actually. Uh, it, huh. it feels large from the inside, I guess. <laughs> um, but really, I, I think it has a lot to do with the whole audio branding thing. Um, which is kind of how I got interested in that topic in the first place, because I'm one small, tiny little part of that audio branding spectrum that a client is going for. So when they put out an audition and they're looking for someone to represent their company in voice, they're looking for someone who matches their brand image, who matches the way that they feel they should sound outside of their company, but also inside of their company. A lot of the people who create these kinds of things, create them for internal presentations just as much as external. So a lot of the stuff that people, regular voice talent do on a regular basis isn't the really flashy stuff. <laughs> it's internal presentations, phone systems, uh, web explainer videos, you know, uh, and for every company, it doesn't have to be one of the Fortune 500, you know, like there's all sorts of this out there. And I am not really in the realm of animation, video games, and audiobooks. There are certainly lots of people who do that, and they are immensely talented, and I'm like, I bow down to their talent. Uh, but I mostly stick to the advertising and corporate narration areas. And so that's really where I've had my focus. And that's kind of where I feel a lot of audio branding comes in. Yeah, that makes sense that you want 
it, it's like a lot of companies, they invest a lot of money into graphic design or video, right? Uh-huh. But I've almost found, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think audio is almost more important than video. Like when I watch a YouTube video, and if they have bad audio, I'm out of there. Like I just can't stick around. Yeah. But if they have okay video, but their audio sounds good, like I can forgive the video. And I don't know, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just an anecdote, but I think that good audio really does matter. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, watch a movie without sound for two seconds. <laughs> you won't get any of the impact. Uh huh. You know, that's how film, that's how film is made. <laughs> Super interesting. And I, I know that like, and this is a little different than the voice part of it, but music too is, is so impactful. Oh, totally. I know that the moments in a movie that hit you the most, oftentimes it's because of the music. The visuals help, the, uh, the, the voice helps, but like the music for me, that's what really moves me when I'm watching a movie. Definitely. And it's all about emotion, really. This is all about emotion, even the sound of a human voice. In fact, that can hit you harder than a lot of other things. And Mm -hmm. as far as trust is concerned, definitely the sound of someone's voice is going to be something you find either trustworthy or smarmy or selly or, you know, like you, you want someone genuine. That's actually another thing as far as voiceover is concerned, because that has changed over the years in a lot of cases. And advertising has become a lot less, listen to me, sell you something and Uh more, I'm going to tell you about this thing and you can like it or not. It's really totally up to you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, if you think back to the nineties, the whole infomercial stage, like it was, uh, oh, buy this thing now, like get 10% off or shipping and handling in the next 24 hours. It was very, very salesman-y. Whereas nowadays it's more, here's an Instagram ad or here's a quick little video. Let's show you what it's all about. If you're interested, great. If not, keep scrolling, you know? Yeah. Well, the audience is skewing younger, I think. So the the younger generations are their bso meters are way up here yeah <laughs> way up here like you cannot say anything to them that that stinks of anything besides just saying a sentence <laughs> and uh-huh. being you and really honestly that's how it should be mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of voice actors get training because this is a really artificial environment. Like I'm sitting here, you know, whoever's listening to this after the video is <laughs> without the video. I'm sitting here in a five by four padded room, staring at a computer screen with headphones on my head and a microphone in my face. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm supposed to make a script sound like I'm actually having a conversation with someone. That's acting. That's yeah. not something that most people just come by naturally. <laughs> So that's why people in the voice business get coaching. That's what that's for. I mean, for a lot of other things, too. If you're in animation or video games or audiobooks, that's a completely different thing. And there's obviously training for that. But even for the advertising, you still need the training. Yeah. And obviously, we don't have the time to really dive into a full-on course of become a voice actor. (laughs) But what are some of like the high-level most impactful things that you would learn in a voice acting school or training. Like if I wanted to become a better speaker or get my point Mm -hmm. across more clearly, what are some tricks or tactics that I can do? Considering what you're saying is definitely 
a big one. Uh-huh. And you don't need to be, I'm just as bad as anyone with this, but you don't need filler words. <laughs> that again has to do with not pausing and giving yourself time to think about things. And even like if you're reading a script, the thing about a script is for it to sound real, you actually have to sound like you're not reading. And if you're not reading, then you're considering what you're saying before you say it. And it's not all going to come out, you know, sing-songy or one note, or it's just going to be you. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I have talked with uh, several other people about, and um, a couple of them are coming on my show very, very soon, they talk about talking in your, uh, your head voice or, or through your throat as opposed to your entire body. Okay. So when we when we talk through our head, just our head, it sounds thin and tinny and not real, not exactly all there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when we let the sound go through our entire body, you get more of a resonance. You get more of a, a, a depth of sound. And that can help you immensely. So people who don't like the sound of their voice, that might be part of the problem. Interesting. I, I'm a singer. Um, a lot of people listening to this probably don't mm-hmm. realize that, but I, I did choir all growing up and I come from a family yep. where we sing a lot. And so I understand like the difference. That's between how I a got started. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I understand yeah. the difference between like a head voice and a chest voice. But when you say having it go all through your body, what are some things that people can actually do to do that? Is it posture? Is it standing up instead of sitting down? Like, what are some of those tactics? You know, one of the best ones is learning how to breathe. And that sounds like a really silly, basic thing. But a lot of people have learned to breathe with taking in air and their stomach going in. And and really, when you are expanding your the air in your body, you are, your stomach should be going out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so if you take a deep breath, your diaphragm should be inflating. So, or, or expanding your Mm -hmm. stomach should be expanding. And so when you, when you learn how to take a deep breath with your entire body and let your stomach go out as you're, as you're, you know, taking in, that breath and then deflate when you're letting your breath out. There's, there's a difference. Somehow when we were kids or growing up, we learned to do it the opposite way. <laughs> yep. That actually, um, just to give credit where credit is due, I actually got that from a video I was watching and she's going to be on my show as well. So we're going to have a more in-depth conversation about this, but her name is Cynthia Jai and she teaches CEOs and uh, major people of companies who have to make presentations to the board, et cetera, how to speak uh, better when they're presenting these things, how to be better public speakers. That's awesome. I'll definitely have to look her up and I'm going to be subscribing to your podcast too, because this this topic just fascinates me. Uh, so the question I have for you, and there might be a little bit of bias here on on your end and my end, <laughs> sure. um, and that's okay. Uh-huh. But I'm just curious. So let's say I'm a company. I'm wanting to create an ad or or a podcast mm-hmm. or something. 
what's the benefit of hiring a voice actor versus having someone in-house do it? I get asked that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, I think it depends. Yeah. I think it depends on if that person internally has had any training. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be a natural speaker, to be able to read a script without sounding like you're reading and make it sound so that they're enthusiastic about the company and not just speaking the words on the page, imbuing them with some kind of energy and interest, you know, that takes a professional. Mm -hmm. And I don't think internally someone's going to be able to do that for you unless they have some training of their own. And there are, of course, some people who do have that training. So I'm not going to completely you know, factor it out. But at the same time, you pay a professional so that you sound professional. And in general, you're probably not going to get that from Sam in accounting. Right. And I'm going to push back just a little bit, but that's okay. And I want Mm -hmm. you to push back on me too. I just, for the sake of conversation here. So I'm thinking (laughs) from a trust building perspective, like, I want mm-hmm. someone to resonate with me, right? And yeah, with sure. with my personality. And so is that a reason to do it myself? Or is it still worthwhile to, for, for example, in my business and with this podcast, right? Like part of the whole mm-hmm. purpose of this podcast is to create content and have people get to know me through this podcast, right? And so sure. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out would it be best for me to kind of go and get some training then and become a better speaker or is there still worth in, in making it sound better and getting a professional who knows what they're doing? You know what, if you're talking about making your own brand, then I think it would be worth your while to get some training and do Uh it yourself because it's your brand. It's you, right? (laughs) You want people to know you. So that makes total sense to me. Now a, a company who has multiple employees yeah. or even one guy or girl who doesn't like the sound of their own voice. I don't know how that's going to instill trust in the people hearing what they're putting out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. If you are your brand, then you should do your own speaking. Okay. If yeah. you, if you are putting out a product or a service and you don't necessarily need to have you as the face mm-hmm. of the brand, then I would say get a professional to do it for you because then you sound professional. You have, uh, you know, you've obviously put together a script that would go on a video or on hold or whatever you're creating. And it makes for a more professional, a more professional brand basically. Yeah. And, but it really depends on what that brand is. You need to know what your brand is before you do that. Because I'm the first person to say, I am not the right voice for every brand. Right. Certainly not. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, I, you know, I'm going to choose those as well as the people who choose me. So it's, it's both, but you need to know what your brand is before you can decide who's going to be your spokesperson. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm completely behind that. And I think that really it's interesting because almost every single episode of this podcast that I've recorded so far, we come back to talking about defining your brand, 
and creating your values oh, yeah. and creating and it's really honestly, important. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you cannot create trust unless you understand what your values are and what your brand is, whether that be in mm -hmm. your website or your copy or your audio or, or your video, like every piece of your brand needs to revolve around a core. Right. And so that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what audio branding is all about. I mean, it's, it's audio branding, <laughs> uh, but it is as important as your visuals. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people make a mistake by thinking that they can have a lovely logo and wonderful colors and fonts, and that's all they need. <laughs> it's not all they need. If you want to make a really deep, trusting connection with the people who are experiencing your brand, you want to have a full sensory experience. You don't just want it to be, you know, one dimensional. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that then. I'd love to dive a little bit into maybe the science or the psychology mm -hmm. behind audio and why it is so impactful. Just to, sure. on a personal level, I listen to so many podcasts. Like I'm a, I'm a podcast nerd <laughs> and I sure. feel like I know these people. And they've never met mm -hmm. me. Like if I saw them on the street and went up to to one of my podcast hosts that I listened to and said, Hey, like, I love your podcast. They'd be like, I've never met you before, but I feel like I know them, <laughs> you know, yeah. how, how is that possible? And, and what's going on on a psychological level? Well, I think a lot of us, I mean, it depends on the podcast, obviously. So it depends on what they're saying. But I think a lot of people who are doing podcasts, they're doing it independently. Um, you know, some of the big names are big names. and. Mm -hmm. You get to know them the way that you get to know movie stars or whatever, you know, <laughs> you, you see them from afar and you get to know their stories, etc. Uh -huh. But a lot of the people who are making podcasts right now are just people just like us. And they're putting their life stories out there so that people can hear what they're all about and understand who they are and make a deeper connection with them as they do this podcast. It's It's almost even more intimate than being a radio DJ. Mm -hmm. Because you, know, you can call into the show, sure, but in, you know, you don't really have, it's, I don't know. It's just seems to me like podcasts are almost a little more personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so why do you think that is? Are we conditioned to like listen to people and then all of a sudden have an affinity for them or, or do you have any insights there? Not necessarily. I think, though, that the human voice really connects us. Hmm. And that's evolutionary. Like, that's that's been an evolution thing. That that keeps us safe. We understand who our people are <laughs> by how they talk to us, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and we can discern different nuances in the human voice in a way that you wouldn't be able to see in a visual spectrum. Like it just, we don't have the type of visual spectrum that we do in our ears. <laughs> like our, our ears have a, an audio spectrum that's many, many times wider than our visual spectrum. Hmm. So we can hear differences in emotion, in tone, in all sorts of different things that bring us closer or keep us farther apart from the people we're hearing. So I think the human voice is a very powerful connection. Yeah. And thinking about those nuances, like, I guess that goes back to this 
classic problem that a lot of people have with text messages and emails, right? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to understand tone and it's hard to understand mm-hmm. emotion from words alone. It's it's just yeah. not quite enough information for us to understand the full story. And I think a lot of people mistake the fact that they're not seeing the people's face as they're doing this when I think it's almost more important for you to hear them speaking it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. No, it does. And I, I agree because even a phone call has a lot more yeah. power and, and, and phones have horrible audio quality too. Like it, it, yeah, the quality is way, way down, but the emotion is still so much stronger. I'd much rather jump mm-hmm. on a call with someone to talk something out than do emails back and forth over and over again. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it's like, we're we trying a lot to more from it. Yeah. It's like we're trying to compensate a little bit with things like emoji to add emotion to text, but I I still don't think we're quite there. (laughs) I am putting emojis all over my emails all the time. (laughs) People get on my case about it, but I'm not going to stop because, because that text is so easy to misconstrue. You can just get the wrong, the wrong thought from seeing words on a page or, or in an email and, one emoji, one little smiley face can get that all fine. <laughs> totally. Well, I'm I'm okay with emoji. I know a lot of people aren't, but I am. So send emoji my way all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't use the the graphical ones. I just use the text ones, like you know, the colon, colon prints. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Awesome. Well, so let's talk a little bit. Um, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about voice. I want to talk a little bit more about music though. Uh, and I know, I know that that has a huge effect in marketing. I mean, historically, I don't know when that ever started, but I think the first thing that pops in my head is jingles, right? Oh yeah. Cause jingles. Yeah. I think the purpose of a jingle is to get something stuck in your head and to make you think about it more easily. But like there's so much opportunities for music. Can can we dive into that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who said this and I might I don't I might have to look it up at some point, but some ad person said if you don't have anything to say, make a jingle. <laughs> so, I think originally they weren't really thinking of it in the terms that we are now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and jingles have kind of gone out of style right now. There really aren't a whole lot of them left. But in the beginning, and I mean, this, it started back in the twenties, you know, like <laughs> originally they were, they were there for entertainment. It was there to be a part of whatever radio show you were listening to. Right. And so it was all listening and it, it became so very memorable that people started using it deliberately, but it took a while for them to understand that that's what was happening. (laughs) And then, and then you go from like the, the nineties, I think it was the nineties. It was, um, Michael Jackson's Pepsi commercial. I think when he did uh take off of Billie Jean Uh with, uh, with the Pepsi generation, I think when that started, People started, the ad people started doing more um, licensed music as opposed to jingles. They wanted like the famous singers and performers to do spots and make them so that they, 
you know, sold a product. <laughs> and then jingles kind of fell out of favor and, and they became just maybe like a local thing that you still hear. But, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that they're really all that much of a thing anymore. I think what's happening right now is that audio is becoming more of an all around experience. So brands have brand sounds. Like, for instance, MasterCard just paid many, many millions of dollars to brand their their sound, um, which I think is like six notes that are then changed depending on where geographically they're being heard. There's like a second and a half little audio sound that happens when you have a transaction over something like Alexa or Google Home because you don't see what's happening, right? You can't see the transaction go through. Uh So you need to hear something in order for you to recognize that you've had a successful transaction. (laughs) So it's it's become part of their whole identity and Uh it's usable in many different places. It's not just in, for instance, a, a commercial on TV. It's, it's their radio. It's their Alexa and Google Home. It's their, uh, like every different country has a different type of musical instrument or like a series of musical instruments that they use with those same six notes. You can use it for different, um, different demographics. So an older demographic might sound uh, one way and a younger demographic might sound another way. So there's so many different ways that you can use this. And yet it's the same sound across every touch point. So yeah. there's a similarity. And, and is that just to create like a uh, consistency in the brand and, oh, I hear that sound. I think of that brand. Is that the idea? Totally. Yeah. Okay. Because if you hear two seconds of that sound, you know who you're, who you're uh, experiencing. You don't need to see anything. And that's mm-hmm. the really cool thing about it, because a lot of things these days are going into audio only, like Google Home and Alexa and any of your smart appliances and wearables and all of that stuff. Uh, all of these things are, are going to only be heard and there's another aspect to that, because if you think about this, you don't have to be paying full attention to it, right? If you're looking at an ad and you're hearing what the ad is about and you're seeing it on the television, you have to concentrate on it to get anything from it. Right. Whereas if you're listening to something, like we listen to podcasts, you can listen to podcasts while you're washing the dishes. Yeah. You can listen to podcasts while you're doing the laundry. <laughs> you know, you can do all sorts of other things while you're listening, but you can't really do that with your visuals. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I'll, I'll try to find like either YouTube videos or audio snippets or something and put these in the show notes um, so that people can listen to all the things we're referencing. Um, but it's just making me think <laughs> of like, I'm a huge Apple fanboy and a technology sure. fan. And it makes me think of like mm-hmm. the sounds that Apple puts in, like the startup chime totally. on a Mac or even like the taps yeah. when you're typing a text on your iPhone. I always turn that off, but the little tap, 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 tap. Yeah, yeah. Or when yeah. you send a message though. We don't need to, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't, there, it's it's kind of funny too because like we have put sounds into things that don't need to make that sound anymore. Right. <laughs> like if you're taking a photograph on your phone, you don't need to hear a click. Yeah. <laughs> there is no click. Hmm. <laughs> but we've put it back there. Uh there was uh I can't remember who who puts out the leaf. 
but it's an electric car. And uh, they put out a soundscape, like a, a CD or a, like a downloadable uh, audioscape uh-huh. that parents could give to their kids when they're in the car because the car no longer makes those soothing sounds that put them to sleep. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, you, yeah, electric cars don't make the same sounds that regular cars do, right? So mm-hmm. you need that extra little. But but who knew that that was what was happening with regular cars? <laughs> like I actually didn't know that. I was I was kind of I was interested to hear that. But apparently, driving your your child around in the car seems to soothe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And now that the car no longer makes that sound, you need to simulate it. You need to, you know, have a an actual like music piece that does it for you. <laughs> like, That's interesting. I can also imagine yeah. as we move to a, like an electric car future, I could also imagine maybe uh-huh. from a safety standpoint, because a lot of times, like if uh-huh. you're walking down the street, you hear a car coming, right? You can't hear. But if you can't, yeah, you hear can't hear an electric, an electric car. car. <laughs> I, I, and I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm not a, a car engineer, but I imagine that that's a concern that people are having is, oh, how do we make sure that people can totally. hear this car coming so that they're not going to walk out into the street, right? So interesting. Yeah. Like sound is just, it's, it's <laughs> literally all around us. It's in our environment and it, it makes such a big difference, but it's one of those things that at least most people, I think, don't think about consciously because it's just always there. No. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that can heal or hurt you because we are making a whole lot of noise. We humans hmm. are making a whole lot of noise and our environments are getting louder all the time and our ears can't shut off when we sleep. You know, they're open all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... You have to be very conscious of the sounds that surround you because when you're sleeping in that, it can cause stress. Yeah. That's why, that's why hospitals are starting to look into soothing sounds because people can't sleep in the hospital environment. They just can't. There's too much going on and beeps and alarms and people talking and, you know, moving around and like all sorts of things. And, there is a, a very big movement to make sound a much more conscious thing in a a hospital healthcare environment. Mm-hmm. And is is that why like there's so many there's this big movement towards uh, sound machines or white noise? I'm kind of a white noise skeptic. As a father, I'm yeah. like, I don't want my kids to be reliant on that, right? Because a lot of a lot of parents mm-hmm. will they'll their kids will go to bed with white noise. And my thought is I want to be able to go somewhere and if we don't have our white noise machine, like we'll still be okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but is like is there a benefit to white noise or a detriment? Oh, it depends, I think, on where you're using it. If you go away and you can carry that white noise with you and in a strange environment you can make your kids feel more safe then I don't think that's a bad thing hmm, okay. uh, because the the sound surrounding them in that strange environment may be something that would keep them from falling asleep. So if they have something they're familiar with, that might make it easier. At the same time, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I know when I was a kid, my parents gave me the radio and, and I had the radio on before I went to bed and I couldn't sleep without it for a long, long time. Uh-huh. So interesting. 
Well, I think that mm-hmm. sound is definitely something I want to learn more about. And to do that, I'm going to be listening to your podcast for sure. <laughs> so I definitely recommend... I talk about a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> I definitely recommend to our listeners, obviously, you're listening to this on a podcast app. So go ahead and search right now for the Audio Branding Show. Is that what it is? Audio Branding Podcast. Audio yeah. Branding Podcast. Yeah, go ahead and search for that. Mm-hmm. I think that it's definitely something worth worth learning more about as marketers and as, as branders. Is there any I'm other totally learning more all the time? <laughs> yeah. I think we all are, right? Yeah. I mean this yeah. this industry <laughs> is an industry of learning. I things are mm-hmm. changing so quickly. Like just the other day I was thinking, my goodness, a marketer that uh, an older marketer, someone who's maybe in their fifties or sixties at this point, like their entire industry has changed so much in the last 10, yeah. 15 years. For me, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all this technology because I'm just getting started. But I just imagine how mm-hmm. quickly this landscape is changing for people. So there's always it's always important to keep learning for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about, Jody, so far related to audio or marketing that you think we should bring up? Well, there is one thing that I talked about with Steve Keller on my podcast, and and I was mentioning before we got on the recording, <laughs> uh, he's the Sonic Strategy Director at Pandora, and he's done a bunch of different stuff and is a musician, a psychologist, and an ad guy. So really, really cool conversation we had. One of the things he mentioned was an advertising a campaign that they had done for Propel, the the drink, mm-hmm. the it's like an electrolyte drink, where they had put a DJ station together where people could listen in their in their ears and in headphones and taste the drink and they could dial in whether they wanted more salt or more sweet by what they were hearing. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So our senses all work together. And we can influence what we taste by what we hear. That's super interesting. So wait, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. So basically, they would play a sound in their ear, I don't know, music or Mm -hmm. whatever it was, and that would make them want more salt in their drink? Not want. It would like they're tasting it uh-huh. and they could decide whether they wanted it saltier or sweeter. Oh, so it it would affect the perception of the taste. Yes. Oh my exactly. goodness, that's insane. Yeah. How cool is that, though? I mean, we're weird creatures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that you I love say it. it, it makes sense because I know, like, that smell affects taste, right? Like, there's there's that yeah, classic totally. thing where if you plug your nose and eat something, then you can't, like, differentiate different tastes. So, mm-hmm. so interesting. So all of our senses, all five senses are really interacting with each other and affecting each other. They are. Some of them are more tied than others. It depends on where they're interacting in the brain. Um, I believe the sense of smell and the sense of hearing are our most powerful ones. So mm-hmm. you'll experience things like, for instance, you'll hear the creak on a floor in a kitchen, and all of a sudden you'll remember baking cookies with your grandmother when you were six, because that yeah. was the same sound, right? And you're not just remembering it. You're there. It's like time travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're actually experiencing it. And, you know, smell will do that to us too. But things like the music that a, an establishment plays in a restaurant can have a very big impact on how people experience and taste the food that they're eating. 
Yeah. So if like I I know that um, Steve was uh, experimenting with a friend of his on um, sustainable food and things like that. I think I think he had mentioned something like that, and they were trying to make uh, a certain food crunchier when people experienced it, just mm-hmm. to make it more like mouth satisfying right but it was because of the music that they were listening to while they were dining right i mean dining's not happening all that much anymore right now (laughs) but at the same time when that does resume um the music that you play in a restaurant can have a big impact on on how people experience the taste yeah and i'm almost just thinking right now thinking about all these different senses taste sight smell hearing Mm -hmm. touch like i think that would be an interesting exercise for a brand to go through like let's list all our senses and say okay what do people smell when they walk into our establishment um what do people hear what music is playing when they see our ads or or come into our our shop or whatever it is um or if it's a physical product that we're shipping to them how does the product feel how does it sound when you're taking the wrapping paper off or the 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 packaging off like all of these things that i just think it'd be a a fun exercise for a brand to sit down and list them out and say okay what's good about these things what's bad about these things and what can we improve to make our experience Mm -hmm. better yeah definitely retail establishments especially because when people go into your store it should be an experience and even the stores where the music is like loud and, and, you know, um, designed for younger people. Yes, I understand that. But even younger people are going to walk out more quickly if you're assaulting their ears. Mm. <laughs> if it's too loud, it, they're still going to not spend more time in there than, than they absolutely have to, you know? And I mean, it, it, again, it depends on the person, but, but generally, when you're actually measuring these things, you will find <laughs> that people will only stay around that sort of environment for so long. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, it, it's, you want to make a pleasant environment for the people that you are trying to get to experience your brand. But at the same time, you want to make an authentic connection with them. And sound is a really good way to do that. I love it. Wow. Okay. You've given me a lot to think about, Jody. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I know that you have a free PDF that you're offering. Where can we find that? What are we going to learn from that? And then also where else, if people want to connect with you or ask you a question, where can they find you? Sure. Uh, the audio branding strategy document that I have is five tips to be more intentional with your audio branding strategy. So if you're really looking for steps that you can take to give yourself some idea of what your audio branding could be and how to work that out, I've put together a PDF that is at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. And if people want to reach out to me for either voiceovers or advice or whatever they want to talk about, I'm at voiceoversandvocals.com. And if they want to experience the podcast, that is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And like I said, I've learned a lot. So I'm looking forward to <laughs> <I'm editing glad. laughs> and listening to this show again. Thank you for listening to TrustCast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon, and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team 
consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.